Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of Your Beautiful Day on the Gratitude Radio Network and also the Neil Haley Show syndicated all over the world. And I'm excited to welcome the program. My two co-hosts, first of all, Jen Ma. Jen, how are you? And I know you're excited about our guest. Hey, hello, Neil. Hello, Way, and hello, Pearl. Everyone listening, we hope that you all are having a beautiful day and finding gratitude in your life everywhere that you go. We have an amazing show today, and I just want to inter- introduce Pearl, my life coach and my best friend. Hey, Pearl. everybody. It's awesome to be here, and I am so excited to speak with Wade today. So, um, yes, I'm with Women Successful Living, and I am excited. So take it off, Neil. All right. So our guest is from The Voice, Way McDonald. Way, you're coming all the way from New Jersey. How are you? And thanks for stopping by. Oh, I'm so, so good, and it's cold here, but I'm super happy to be here. How cold? Right now, it warmed up a little bit, so now it's like in the the early 50s, but it was definitely in the 40s a little bit earlier, 40s, 30s. Oh, yeah. The mornings are the rough thing. When I woke up and it was 25 a couple of days ago, I'm like, oh. We, yeah. what happened to our summer because of COVID, you know, and now we're back to this freezing cold and I can't believe we're getting so close to Thanksgiving. All right. So uh, go ahead, Pearl. You have a first question for, for Way. Way, it's so excited to have you today. So tell us a little bit about where you're from and um, a little bit about your story growing up. Yeah. Um, so I was born in Harlem, New York. And that's like, that's like, you know, birthplace, I ride for Harlem all day, every day. And, um, but I grew up and going to school in New Jersey. And I started taking acting classes at around four, dance classes at 10. And then I didn't start singing until I was maybe 13 years old, 12, 13 years old. So yeah, I, I grew up with my family thinking, oh, you know, she's so energetic. So we need to definitely put her in, <laughs> put her in something to, to keep her occupied. And so this, this, it was, so are you an introvert or extrovert? I am an extroverted introvert. I love my time alone. Like I think, okay, so I'm the person that I do have a big personality, but I do, I have a, a, a cap, like a shelf life. And if I'm at a party for too long, I will go into the corner and be a wallflower. Interesting. <laughs> so I know those people. And I used to be an introvert, became an extrovert when I became a professional wrestler. For That's for another story, another day. I was very <laughs> quiet growing up as a tall kid and then became this big time just extrovert later on. So we all kind of move into a different role especially when we get to perform performing i think gets you out of that shell regardless of who you are all right jen uh your first question anyway no i just think that that's a way of balancing yourself because when i get into a group of people or a party or something like that you have all the energy around you you know you have your a game going on yeah so i really appreciate that I always wanted, I knew I would, I would end up in acting in my life. When did you want to be a performer? And when did you know that singing was going to be a part of your career? I didn't fully know that singing was going to be a part of my career until I was about 16 years old. And it's so funny because all of my friends that I grew up um, acting with and dancing, you know, they know me as either acting or dancing. And so when they heard about me being on The Voice, they were like, when do you sing like this? They're like, when 
when did that really start happening? And I was like, I don't really know. Um, I've always wanted to perform though. Performing was something that um, it let me be free. It let me be completely myself. Um, I'm also really great at biology. I love biology and my mother's wish was for me to be like a doctor, but I broke that dream with being wildly successful at singing and, <laughs> and talented at acting. So um, she's happy. She's happy this way too. <laughs> uh, what gives you the confidence in singing? Um, what gives me the confidence in singing, honestly, is the, the message behind what I'm singing. And the, the feeling of, um, I don't know, feeling grounded. It's very humbling being on a stage um, because you're at the mercy of the audience. Like, yes, you curate what the audience can feel, but they have to give you that same feedback to you. And my confidence definitely comes from um, knowing what I know and having great support system um, and being true to who I am. Because if I'm not honest on stage, then the show is not going to go good. When things click, they click. And when you find something you love that clicks, it makes it much, much easier. Go ahead, Pearl. Next question. So Wei, tell us, so you get to The Voice and your friends are all excited to see you on there. So tell us about your experience on The Voice. My experience on The Voice was difficult. <laughs> it was very difficult. Um, not, in, not in the way that you might think. It's very hectic. And it, it's, I always say it's not for the meek hearted. Um, the biggest advice that I give people who want to audition for shows that are like The Voice, whether it's American Idol, America's Got Talent, uh, X Factor, things like that, is if you're not, if you don't think that you're ready to go on the show, you're not. Because you have to be mentally ready. Um, it's very fast paced. And you teach yourself how to adapt very quickly. And I wanted to kind of challenge myself. I was not ready for the, the, the fast pace of it all because you immediately go into the public eye. You go from having maybe 200, 300 followers and me not really knowing how to use social media to 30,000 followers on Instagram and Facebook in a matter of a week. And you're expected to get it and understand it at the drop of a dime. And it was hard. And not just because I was 17, but just because it was difficult overall. And it just blows up like that. And you're like, holy cow, where, you know, you get the expectation, you make it and then, wow. So kind of tell us what season was The Voice were you on? Um, I was on season 11. There's some great people that were with me on season 11, um, like Allie Caldwell, Christian Cuevas. I have... Um, met some amazing people and that's the fun part that we go through is that we're all going through the hectic time together that's always really really fun um but yeah season 11 and the coaches were adam levine blake shelton uh alicia keys and miley cyrus see what i love about the way the voice works is how humble you guys are i've covered the final four the final two and the one of the who's won the voice wow. with NBC a few times. And I guess it's been about four or five different seasons. And what I've always seen is you're, you guys are so humble. How's that, how's that happen that every one of you is so grounded Do the, is it, is it like none of the, everybody wants to be a family. It's not the competition's not as much as I want to yeah. be a great performer. Why do you think that is that the culture of the voice? 
Um, I believe it's it's the process you go through because it it'll it'll take you if you have any sort of high horse, it, everything will remind you that it can get either taken away from you really really fast. So you're just grateful. You're it's the gratitude that comes from um, being at the mercy of I'm going to be here whether or not people like me is extremely humbling. Um, it's like you know if you if week by week you had your job and it's like, well, if some people decide that they like you a little bit less, then you're fired. And it's like, okay, now I have to go and figure it out. So that's why it's like, okay, calm, be enough of yourself. Be like, you know what? I'm just appreciative that I'm still here. <laughs> I'm happy that I get to have fun, that I get to still do this process. It's, it's really amazing. And the, pe the people are right. It's not about the competition. It really is about the growth together because it's it's difficult for all of us. Go ahead, Jen. Next question. I love this. Okay, you know what I'm going to be rolling into? I'm going to be rolling into my mother gratitude question here for you, A. Yeah. Um, give me a gratitude moment when you were on The Voice. Oh, easy moment. Okay, so <laughs> um, it's top eight, and I uh, I had just sang "Scars to Your Beautiful." And uh, there's a, a system on the voice that basically if you get into the top 10 overall on iTunes, your votes get multiplied times two or times five or something like that. It's top eight. Everybody else is in top eight, but me. So everybody's votes are multiplied times five, but mine. So I'm horrified. So now my parents are looking at me. They're like, you know, I'm 17 and I'm thinking, Oh God, okay, so so what should I do? They're like, you have to vote more. You have to post more. You have to do more. I don't understand why you're not doing more. And I'm like, well, I already posted seven times. I don't know what else that you want me to do. Tell, your more, tell more people to vote, call people. And I'm like, if they're gonna vote, they're gonna vote. I can't control them. I mean, fights broke out between my parents and me and tears. And this is Monday night. Voting closes Tuesday, 8 a.m. So now it's Tuesday. I am at the mercy of people. And there's something called a save song that they do on Twitter. And mm -hmm. the save song is if you don't immediately get into the main top, like let's say four, it's three people. And then the last person gets to be picked for Twitter live on the show. Um, but again, it, it went from four, eight people to four people. And so I'm thinking, well, this is it. So the first person that gets called is Sundance Head. Love him. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I just have to think of my save song. I just have to think of my save song. My save song was In the Night by The Weeknd. And I was like, okay, I, I got this. I can, I can do this. Second person they call, Billy Gilman. And I'm like, okay, well, that's it. That's fine. And I was like, all right, In the Night. You know, I'm going over the song in my head. And they're like, in the final person to make it into the top four before the save songs. And I was like, okay, they're probably gonna call somebody else. Wayne McDonald, complete shock, complete shock. I thought I bombed that performance. I mean, I did the best that I could, but I was like, God, I wish I was better. And that was complete, complete gratitude because I didn't think I was gonna make it. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to make it into the top four at all. Wow, yeah. I love that. 
If that's not a gratitude moment, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, especially the, the, to be able to do that, to say the final four, wow. And that's, um, and so how many years has it been since The Voice for you? It's been four years uh, coming this December. Okay. Yeah, four years. And it how has it been a whirlwind? It's been crazy. I'm sure it has. I mean, and because again, it's how you take that experience and move forward. And we're going to learn more about that. Go ahead, Pearl, with the uh, next question for Way. So wait, so it's taking you on to some really amazing things since the voice from, you know, um, your trip to Wanda. You want to share that with us and how that came about? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I was performing for Josh Groban and his Find Your Light Foundation. And um, after I got off of stage, um, there was lovely women that came up to me and said, you know, you're phenomenal. You have an amazing voice. You know, you're blessed. Um, we wanted to know if you would be interested in working with a organization called World Vision. It's a humanitarian service. It's people who love philanthropy. And I was like, yeah, sure. They're like, okay, we're doing something um, at the plaza in New York City. Um, I was in LA at the time, I believe. And I go to the plaza and I sing one of my songs and um, actually two songs. And after that, I get a call. Well, not, not even a call I got. I laugh at this because it's so funny. Catherine Compton, who is an amazing woman, I mean, stunning woman, comes up to me and says, I'm bringing you to Africa with me. And I was like, okay. And you know, imagine that I'm like, okay. And uh, that February, I went to Africa with her <laughs> and I went to Rwanda. Um, and my experience in Rwanda, I don't think I'll ever forget it in my life. As a woman of color, you don't know if you're going to feel like it's a foreign place or if you feel really weird or if you don't feel worthy enough to be in that kind of a place. Um, but as soon as I stepped foot in Africa, it, it felt very familiar in a very, very weird way. Um, I also got to see for the first time, kids have clean water. Can you imagine what it's not like to be able to either wow. go to your fridge, go to the store, pick up clean water. They've never had clean water before and they have to travel miles to, to get dirty water. Miles to get dirty water to try to give to either their kids or kids and women who have to skip out on school because the travel five miles there, five miles back to go get dirty water and then end up sick so they can't go to school. I mean, it's, it's, it's unheard of, but the, the beauty that I found in their smiles, in, in their happiness, they were happy to have empty water bottles because they'd be able to bring it to school. They called it their, their canteens. An empty Poland Spring water bottle is their canteen that they can bring to school. And so that way they can brag to their friends and kind of flex to their friends like, oh my God, I have a water, you know, it, it was beyond beautiful. I will never forget it ever in my life. It was so beautiful. When you give back, it reminds me of a story when I was working in an earlier intervention when I was just a teacher. And what I did when I was just a teacher is I would uh, go ahead and 
earlier mentioned, bring Christmas presents to the kids. And I felt that where I was being a Santa Claus, bringing secret Santa and all my kids, when I was teaching in eighth grade, we'd all wrap up the gifts and bring them back. So it was such an unbelievable experience. So I know all about giving back and seeing people's lights, eyes light up for doing something so awesome. Go ahead, Jen. Next question. Oh, thanks. I love it way that you had a deja vu moment. It, it's crazy. Of, of being there. Now, is this, was this the beginning of your work with World Vision? Yes. So now I am fully an ambassador for World Vision, and I'm really grateful for it. Um, I am part of Strong Women, Strong World, because I feel like without the women in the world, um, we would not be where we are, especially in different countries. And actually, thankfully, this holiday season, everybody who wants to give back can give back to everyone, including World Vision. Um, so if you go to the World Vision Foundation, I mean, World Vision Fund, and you go ahead and you donate, everything can be matched up to a million dollars. And about 87% of the funds that get donated go to you know all of the people who are in need of help. And we know that 2020 has been a crazy, 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 crazy year. Um, COVID is not just impacting us, but it's extremely impacting everyone around the world. And I think giving back is key as a part of this holiday season, definitely. Great point. Go ahead, Pearl, next question. So wait, I'm excited because I hear you have, I'm an author myself. I've written three books. And so I hear you have a new book coming out, a new book project coming out and you have a new single. So yes. tell, us, tell us about that and how we, how we can learn more about that. Yes, actually the book is out. It's a children's book and um, it's called The Little Girl with the Big Voice. On the show, on uh, The Voice, I made it a huge point to focused on the fact that I wanted to be truly authentically myself. Um, I expressed to everybody that I was bullied in junior high because junior high sucks and junior high sucks for everyone though. That's a, that's kind of a, a theme that, that we get to go to. But um, especially now with social media, I wanted to make sure that kids knew that they didn't have to look a certain way, sound a certain way, um, feel as though they're not beautiful or uniquely themselves. Um, and I made a book about how my voice was really, really small and how my speaking voice is very small. Um, but I made a big impact and it doesn't matter where you come from. I travel around and do different book tours or before COVID, I did a lot of different book tours in New York City um, for kids who are in impoverished areas, who don't have a two-parent household or not even a one-parent household and try to figure things out by themselves and let them know like, this is not your reality. This is not who you are. This is not everything that makes up your world. And look, you can start from point zero and get here. And you can look at me and see me as a Black woman and understand that you can look at me and see yourself because there's not a lot of representation like that. And now there are kids who feel really empowered, thankfully. And I'm so happy and so grateful that they use my book as kind of a, a beacon of hope. I, I really can't, I can't express how happy I am about that. It's amazing. And I do have a single out. Yes, it's um, called To Serve With Love. 
like from like from the the movie like Lulu and yes but one song that I think is um kind of ties into all this is the song called Head Up High that I have and it basically says you know your dreams are going to be realized as long as you continue to be who you are. So can I just say as a mom of two young men, um, but just as a mom in general, your parents have got to be so proud. You are so humble. And you, I mean, to learn that now, I mean, I'm in my fifties and I work you look with phenomenal. women who are just now learning how to, oh, thank you. So I work with women who are, you know, my age or even just a little bit younger that are not even at the point where they can say, and, and empower people like what you are. So I'm so proud to meet you today. Thank you. I'm a work in progress. I promise. I'm still working on it. I am nowhere near perfect, but I, I'm definitely working on it. And what I think that's amazing is that you're going after your dreams and you're going after those different things. You're saying, well, how can I give back, but also how can I continue to increase what I've done on the voice and bring great information and different things to your fans. What do you want to say to your fans that are going through what COVID, the suffering now of COVID-19 and the just challenges? What would you like to say to them? Um, that I'd like to say to them that your emotions are valid, that I know that it's tough being uh, secluded. Our new normal is very difficult, um, but you have the power to get through it. Um, be aware that you can talk to people, that there are definitely hotlines uh, for people who, who need it. Um, I say that you are a lot stronger than you think that you are. My God, you're a lot stronger than you think that you are. Continue to work towards your dream because although this will not be here forever, I know that this is going to affect all of us mentally. Um, and just like on The Voice, I will say that at least we're all going through it with you. You know, we're all going through the, the mental issues. We're all going through the spouts of depression and then the spouts of the highs and um, all of the things going on in the political climate. You're worthy of acknowledgement and validation for your feelings and knowing that you can continue in this time that your world is not over, that your mission is not done and your accomplishments are just getting started. Okay, Jen, next question. I know you're just seeing so many moments of gratitude, Jen. My goodness, wait, you are a woman of gratitude. You are a Thank mom so of much. gratitude. You are, you are, because that's what I, that's exactly what I am, you know, emphasized on a daily basis um, to be all in with your dreams, all in with your, and, and plan them out and making them come true. And honey, we are all a work in progress. All <laughs> of us. To the day that we die and then some. We are all a work in progress. And one of the things that I love, and for some reason I'm excited about this holiday season. I have no idea why. Um, but I want you to give us, before we leave, the backstory on your special design gift item in the World Vision Holiday Gift Catalog. Yes. Okay. So... If you are feeling inclined to do so, which I hope everyone is, Jen, you're not just excited about the holiday season. I am too. I actually just told my father about this. He said, why are you so excited? I was like, I don't know. I'm just excited about cinnamon and Christmas trees. And I don't know, the holidays and the corny Hallmark movies. I'm excited about all of that. Um, so the tote that I have 
is a bonded together tote. And if you donate $75, you get it for free. But also the tote was designed and crafted by Vietnamese women who have disabilities. First of all, I can't do that in general. I can't, I can't even just curate a bag in general. I think that that's phenomenal. Um, also, if you get the bag and you want the bag in the catalog, just know that it is giving them fair trade. It is helping them in their communities. It's helping women understand business ethics and learning how to go back to their communities and teach other women how to um, run their own business. It's very, very, very important, especially in places like this. Um, but donating, donating, donating is definitely going to help. And World Vision doesn't just um, help people outside of the country. They help here too for people who need um, meal vouchers, who need uh, water. Water is a very, very, very important thing with World Vision because it is necessary for all of life. Um, but as far as the um, holiday catalog and everything, you can donate as much as you can. You can get a whole bunch of different gifts, but the tote is definitely one of them. And I hope that you like it. It's called the Bonded Together Tote. Thank you so much. I would love to work with you. Um, we'll keep in contact through Neil for the Gratitude Radio Network. Um, I had a dream about designing a t-shirt for homeless children around the world. Oh, yes. So that's something that I, that I definitely want to work with and with you on that. So thank you so much. Where can we, um, where can we, Pearl, you want to, do you have anything to? Uh, no, I was just going to ask a question. You were just going to ask, so where can everybody follow you away? Where can everybody, um, we'll put, I know Neil will put everything up for the connections for the world vision. I'm looking forward to buying my bag myself. Yes. Um, but yeah, definitely share where we can follow you and find you. Yes. Okay. So you can follow me. Sorry for the lawnmower in the background. Okay. We can't hear that at all. That's how great Zoom is. It does. I didn't hear that at all. So don't worry. That's awesome. Okay, cool. So you can follow me at way that's W E underscore McDonald, like ba -da -ba -ba -ba, on every platform that's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, you can also see any new updates on where I'll be performing, quote unquote, whether it's Zoom or in person on my website, Way McDonald Music. That's W-E McDonald Music.com. And yeah, and if you just search up my name in Google, I'm sure you'll find something. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll hopefully get increase that Google ranking of all the different stations you're on. So you didn't have to do a tour that's two hours. You got to do this all at <laughs> one time and get to talk to us. And that's what I love about uh, what I've been able to build in uh, my career and always just to, these great stories. This is what I like when you get to talk to you only for six minutes, you aren't going to find out who really way is. And uh, I think that's, that's so phenomenal. And I think that this is a definite uh, great gratitude, great information you're doing. And it's just, it's a tremendous organization, world vision. I, I tell all my listeners and viewers to please check it out and, and give because as way you talked about, the really scary thing is that we're suffering in the United States, but people all over the world are suffering from COVID-19. And especially in third world countries, we're talking water. Imagine the number of cases and what they're going through without 
a potential vaccine for a lot longer than we have. That's the other thing. We might get a vaccine in six months, but that doesn't mean that every country in the world is going to get a vaccine anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's scary, but you know what? As long as we understand that it's not only us that's going through this, it really is everyone in the entire world. And I feel like people are going to have it in their heart to give back. I think 2020 was the year where we realized humanity has to be at the top of the ranks. We all go, we've all had to go out of our comfort zone to get through what we're getting through and who knows how long, but we all have to be willing to look at other people that are suffering much worse and be happy and gratitude to have gratitude for where we are. Okay, Jen, close out the interview, please. Thank you. Thank you. Well, one of the things that I think have gotten us through 2020 is realizing that we're not on our own. And if there's one thing to learn about this past year, it is that we all need to come together around the world and have gratitude, not just for the little things in our life, but humanity as a whole. So I appreciate that from you. And the fact that you think about other people working with the world vision, working with people in Africa and all around the world and being a mentor to those children who, you know, and and being there in Rwanda and writing your books. I'm going to say that plural because I'm expecting more books out of you and more songs out of you and more everything. Um, And I just want to thank you. I want to thank you and Neil and Pearl for being on the show today for your beautiful day. We've been listening to Way McDonald from The Voice. Um, Pearl Sharenza from Women Successful Living, and Neil Haley, of course, our PR firm with the Gratitude Radio Network and the Neil Haley Show. I'm Jennifer, mother of gratitude, and I just want to impart to you all, no matter what you're going through, no matter how things look, you are blessed, you are loved, and you are sacred. Have a beautiful day. I love you. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K through 12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensec's enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit Lensec.com. And now back to the show. We're back to the Neil Haley show here on the total celebrity segment. You know, when you think about people and figuring out their careers and different things, you, it's an interesting story. And this guy seems very exciting. So I'm excited to welcome to the program, financial expert, 
high performance life coach, Rory Douglas. Rory, thanks for stopping by. How are you, man? Well, thanks for having me, Neil. I'm excited, man, on top of the world in the pandemic. Hey, you have to be that. And see, I love that you bring up something like that, because the simple fact is people, once the pandemic hit, Rory, kind of slowed down, right? They thought they said, oh, my, my business is over. I can't, I can't thrive in this during this time. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, actually, you have to take the power out of it. And I tell people that uh, a setback is a setup for a comeback. And also, too, things don't happen to you. They happen for you. So it's extremely important that you have a positive mindset during times like right now, because there's more millionaires being created during the pandemic. And I think this is a time where people are in hiatus, but you got to use that time to reset and not only, not only reset, to rediscover. Exactly. So let's kind of just jump really quickly into your background and how you got involved in all this, because I know you have an interesting backstory. Well, my, my background, uh, basically, as a child, I was most likely not to succeed. Uh, I had get kicked out of every elementary school and every junior high school. It was simply because I had a disability. I suffered from something that was called dyslexia. I read things oh. backwards. So uh, I, was, I wasn't a, really a bad student. I was an A student, but I had that disability. So I always tell people today that you can have a disability, but you don't have to be disabled. So uh, at one point in my life, my mother recognized I was having some problems in my reading. And that's when it was discovered that that's the reason why I was having problems in school. So I got some help and then uh, basically went uh, from just getting straight A's and accomplishing a lot of different things. So I'm uh, actually an entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur for almost 30 years and uh, I'm, I'm just very excited. I have a passion to help people pursue their purpose in the areas of finance. And not only that, also to uh, motivation as well as inspiration. So when you started out in the business industry, you were in the entertainment industry in certain ways. So explain that to our, our, our uh, listeners and viewers here. Well, the entertainment industry actually was something that came to me basically by a happenstance. A very a close colleague of mine was really, really heavily vested in the entertainment industry. And uh, he basically uh, told me that I had a great attitude and a great personality. I would do well in the entertainment industry. At the time, I was busting my chops in corporate America, working the traditional job. And uh, I had a, an opportunity to actually go on a tour. So I actually went to my boss and asked my boss, you know, could I take a couple of weeks off to go on this tour? And my boss basically said, no, we need you. You can't take a couple of weeks off. We'll give you a week off. So I actually went to the tour anyway. <laughs> I, I, I just left on faith, reached out on faith, went to the tour. And uh, when I was on that tour, I pretty much was, I was just serving a lot of people. I was pretty much uh, helping people and doing certain different things. And I got labeled the go-to guy on the tour because I was everywhere at every time. That's why I tell people that uh, service is real, real important. And it's not about money, it's about opportunity. So when I got on that tour, I met a lot of uh, up and coming uh, entertainers and also some established entertainers. So after the tour, one of the entertainers basically said, hey, I want you to be a part of, uh, of my crew. You want to work with us? Wow. And I actually took that job and never had to look back on my job. And I took that experience and basically started to develop a lot of skills. And one of my good friends, uh, no longer with us, but my uh, ex-business partner, his name was Joseph Gelman. He was an entertainment attorney. He was the one that actually activated my dream in terms of starting my own business and my own independence. He basically said I had what it took to make it happen, work in the industry, 
And why don't I start my own management company, my own entertainment company? Wow. I said, Joseph, I would love to do that, but I don't know the first thing about how to start it. You know, how you start a corporation? How do you start a business? He said, you know what? I tell you what, kid, I'm going to help you. We're going to start your business. So he helped me start my business. And uh, we had a lot of success, a lot of um, platinum records, gold records. We went around the country a few times. And that's how I got involved with the uh, entertainment industry. But the whole uh, significance of all of this, uh, Neil, everything pretty much came in my life by actually service, by serving people, not uh, chasing um, a check or chasing a salary, basically chasing opportunity. And I'm still that way to this very, very day. Wherever there's a problem, there's an opportunity, and I'm always looking for opportunities. See, and it's very smart for you to look at that because the fact of the matter is, if you would have just gone and say, I'm just going to do this, it's my job. The company sent me here. I'm just going to do what I can do and not really look at opportunity. You wouldn't be where you are today. And that's just such a key part of all this is, are, am I ready for the next opportunity? Will it happen in an interview where you're expecting a radio interview and it becomes a television interview? That's where you have to look at opportunity, opportunity <laughs> knocking in so many ways is, wow, here, here we go. We have this opportunity and how are we going to connect? And I've used the radio and television. I have an entertainment background as, my, as well as former professional wrestler for nine to 10 years, minor leagues, went back, became a teacher, but entertainment kept speaking with me. And it came through doing an independent radio show. And I wow. saw that through growing it to 150 plus stations and the success and all the major celebrities I've interviewed, that this is such an opportunity that every opportunity, any person you get to meet and learn from, wow. It could be the next big thing. It could be the next thing. And people don't understand that. Every podcast you do, every radio show you do, every blog you write, every interview, it, 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 this is could be the, could be it, you know? Man, Neil, I'm telling you, man, you are really talking some real stuff, right? And this is milestone stuff. You know, I, I always tell you this. Um, I always tell people, uh, your success is always found in an area where you wasn't expecting it. You know, we always have, uh, you know, our own goals and dreams and desires to do certain different things. But I always tell people that, uh, you know, if you're in the right place at the right time, your whole life can change. And that's what it's all about. I think a lot of people miss a lot of opportunities simply because of not being in position to actually win. That's why it's all about, you know, pretty much being on time, uh, being in the right place. Whatever you're doing, you may not like it, but the bottom line is you may be washing windows but you have a desire to do something else, but you may get in the presence of someone that can change your life. Why are you washing windows? So that's what it's all about. You got to get in position. Exactly. And so and when you get in that position, you got to make it happen and you got to look at your, what you have. And a lot of people think, Oh, I got a book, right? Or, Oh, Hey, I have, I have a service and guess what? I'm the best at it. Well, let's look at your brand. Does anyone know you outside of your friends and family and your, your clients? If no one does know who you are, you're not going to get to the level of courses, you know, uh, best-selling author maybe, or, you know, really expanding your business. So you really have to understand your brand first. Wouldn't you agree with me, Roy? I would agree with you wholeheartedly. And I'll tell you this here. Most people are trained to be spectators today, mm -hmm. not, not, not duplicators. They are spectators. And, you know, society gives us that way. You know, we go off to college. A lot of times our influences, our parents, they want us to be a certain thing. 
That's why the average college student changed their major about four times. But the bottom line is, I tell people, when you find your purpose, you'll find your passion. But what's more important than anything of finding your passion, the bottom line is, is that people don't buy books today. They don't buy music, they buy you. Yes. So that's why it's so important that you tune into yourself, find your passion, you know, drown out the noise. And I don't care what it may be, it may sound crazy to other people, but if it's your passion, it's your purpose. So that's what it's all about. The brand is not the business. You are the brand. Exactly. The and that's what people don't get. Hey, they, they name their website after their book, right? Or they, they, don't, they don't try to brand their name. I branded exactly. Neil Haley. I branded other things as well. But I learned that it's all about the brand. And then the opportunities come. So let's You're talk right. about yeah. You're right, Neil. And a brand is for a lifetime, you know, and a brand is for a lifetime and the opportunities for a lunchtime. But I'll tell you this, what most people do also, too. They basically write the book and they spend a long time writing their book. They got all their ideas going. They got what they want to say, but they forget to put the cover out. I always tell people, have you ever seen a movie without a trailer first? So if you're going to write a book, do your cover first and put yeah. your cover out. Your cover is going to be your marketing strategy. You get a chance to market your cover, for, whether it's four months, six months, or even a year. And then as you're writing your book, but most people, they don't, uh, they write their book first and then they start thinking about the cover and they actually set their brand back. So Rory, you talked about your success in entertainment management and with your company and, and also your partner who passed away. Then kind of why now with your success, you could continue to stay in some of that industry. Do you go into the life coaching and you go into the, the, the financial world and you want to help others and go on radio and television shows like my yes. self. You know, when I told you earlier, if you notice, if, yes. If you notice earlier, Neil, uh, when you asked me how I got involved with the music, I told you, before I told you about the music, I told you about the challenge and the tragedy in terms yes. of the disability I had. Yes. Well, in the music, I accomplished a lot. Platinum records, gold records. But I'll, also, when it came down to the finances, I had a tragedy because I didn't understand really how money worked. Yeah, okay. So what happened was, you know, you would make several million dollars, but at the end of the year, I ended up owing two or $3 million. So it really, really was a tragic time for me because it was during a time where uh, CDs were around yeah. and people were using CDs. So our business went from a CD business to a download business. So we went from $5.99 to $0.99. Cent. Yeah. So it put a lot of extreme, a lot of pressure on us. So we had to actually sell the company, but it was a tragedy for me. And that feeling that I had at that particular point, I reached back to that part of my life where I was challenged again. And I said to myself, I'm gonna make sure that everything I can read about finance, I'm gonna get my hands on it. Not only that, I'm gonna jump into school and I'm gonna learn courses about finance. So when I was learning about finance, learning about finance, that's when I initially found my passion. Music wasn't my passion. My passion was finance, entrepreneurism, helping people, life coach, the whole nine yards. So I'm living my purpose right now. I'm living my passion right now. I would do it for free. It's not like work. And, and why are you doing is telling people? Find your passion. Yes. What, what is the reason you're out telling people about all this? During, during this time, doing the interviews, podcasts, radio, TV, that's the question I'm asking. Well, you know, I tell people today, right now, we're living 
in a time like never before where the average American, Neil, is one to two paychecks away from being homeless. Wow. And one out of three Americans in debt and the average American family cannot handle a $400 emergency. So financial literacy is so extremely important. So I am um, helping people to pursue their purpose in the areas of finance because we live in one of the richest countries in the world, but yet people are in debt and people are struggling. Yes. That I'm giving people, you don't get it in school and you don't get it in college. Our young kids, they don't actually get it also too. That's the reason why I partnered up with uh, Tony Robbins and Jim Britt and Kevin Harrington from the Shark Tank. And we put the book together called Cracking the Rich Code. It's an international bestseller right now. Exactly. So it's really teaching people about financial literacy, giving them the secrets of the rich and the wealthy. And as I said before, helping people to have money for a lifetime and not a lunchtime. See, that's fantastic. I had Kevin on my show a couple months, a, a month ago with another book he co-authored. And he's so amazing. He's so, and he's all about service. Yes. Completely. That's what it's about, service. I, you know, it's about service. I always tell people there's a big difference between being rich and wealthy. Yes. You know, when you're rich, <laughs> that's for a moment. But when you're wealthy, that's for a lifetime, and that's where the service come in. So it doesn't matter what you may go through. You can always reappear, re reinvent, because you got that secret sauce. The secret sauce is service. I always tell people that. Wow. Now, see, that's such powerful stuff, Rory. So people need to go check out your book. That's the goal of being on here is so that they too can learn financial literacy so that they don't have to live paycheck to paycheck and truly believe even during this pandemic that they can achieve and succeed, correct? Yes, during the pandemic, like right now, I tell people, find out what you're good at. I don't care if you can bake cookies, bake those cookies. The bottom line is whatever you're good at, that's what you got to get at. Exactly. I, just, I just brought that up right now. Whatever you're good at, that's what you got to get at. That's a great Whatever you're good at right now, you got to really, really just pretty much do multiple things because in today's society, Neil, the average American has two jobs and the average millionaire has six streams of income. So you got to create multiple streams of income and also use this thing that we have in our hand, this smartphone. Mm -hmm. You're not that smart if you're not using this phone. This phone here is connecting us with the world. So I always tell people we're living in a new society because artificial intelligence is taking over. Right. In the next five years, uh, they're slated to be about 85 million jobs displaced in America due to artificial intelligence. Oh we go in the supermarket, we see machines, right. the bank, the airport. Those machines are not there for convenience. Those machines are there to take your job. That's why it's a new industry. It's a new time. So we really, really got to uh, become entrepreneurs. And not only that, we got to really, really use what we're good at and create uh, revenue and income with it. And especially right now during the pandemic, this is a good time to do it. Where can we purchase your book and learn more about you? Where can, where's the best place? Well, they can go to RoryDouglas.net, RoryDouglas.net, and they can actually get all of my handles and purchase the book. And also, they can go to AquaFinancialCenter.com, AquaFinancialCenter.com. And I'm currently conducting free financial literacy workshops during this pandemic time. That's fantastic. People definitely need to jump on that the value you bring to the table and your experience, people need to definitely check that out. For sure, Rory. So uh, I appreciate you coming by. Yeah. You really motivated me, made me excited. We'll definitely have to connect again sometime. But I appreciate you coming on the show and such great information, man. Thank you, Neil, and uh, much success to you, man. I have no doubt that you're going places and 
I really respect you that you had the, 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 the uh, not only the, the courage to step out of your comfort zone and do something different and uh, you're winning and that's what it's all about. Hey, gotta keep going, keep plugging away, but it's all about service and helping others and providing a great service or, and they gotta like you, but they buy you, they're gonna buy the product or whatever you have. So that's such important. Man, Neil, you're getting too good, man. You're getting too good. Take a break. I appreciate it, man. Take care. (laughs) All right, guys. All right, guys. That was the Neil Haley Show. Take care. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download, free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. We're back to Neil Haley's show. And uh, always excited to welcome to the show. We debate a lot, especially on my radio show where it's my show, not when I co-host with him on YouTube because it's more and more I'm in control. Andrew Shatkin. Andrew, how are you? Thanks I'm good. I'm always glad to be on your show, Neil. I'm really glad to, uh, to uh, make a few comments about a few things. Exactly. Make a few comments. Let's talk about the comments. What I want to do is, this is what I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about why I'm a Christian. Now, this is a tricky issue because, let me put it this way, Neil. In our present society, it is an increasingly minority position. Think that's true? Yes. We're we're starting to see that more and more. More and more. But for me, it provides me, having given some thought to the matter... To, uh, to some solutions to some very important issues that I don't think the materialistic point of view of your next pair of shoes, your next car, whatever, that doesn't satisfy me. I'll tell you why. Uh, first of all, uh, I wrote this book here. It's called Essays on the Christian Worldview. And it has a chapter, Why I Am a Christian. And um, because it's an extremely tricky issue because uh, Jesus claims to be God. Now, that is a pretty outrageous claim. Don't you think so? Yeah. And he claims to give us eternal life. that We don't have to die. And um, so it's kind of, but we're being asked to believe that claim. And understandably, many people in the world have a problem with it. They say, look, all I know is that my car runs. I, I have a nice house, and that's all I know. But um, uh, Jesus, the Christianity provides me certain solutions. One thing, there's the matter of how I got to be. You and me, Neil, how we or anybody came into existence, or how the world came into existence. I had a friend of mine in an office once. You know what he said? It was an atomic explosion. Well, I'm going to ask you, Neil, huge explosion and that resulted in everything coming into life i'm gonna ask you neil do you know about the atomic explosions in nagasaki and hiroshima yes 
Did anybody come come out of it alive? Was there any life created? No death, but some people survived. Some people survived, but this man, people say that the world came in a huge, huge explosion. And that's how things came to me. And that's a very unsatisfactory. Christianity says it was created. And I believe there is nothing in this world. Me, you, this computer, my telephone here, this pen, my house I live in, wherever I have, somebody caused it to be made. And therefore, I take the correct, I think the correct Christian position that something made it. I cannot believe that everything happened by accident, that some kind of fish walked out of the say and became a human being. So we're almost going into an an evolution debate in certain aspects uh, from this. I'm not going to get into evolution. All I'm saying is that Christianity takes the position and the Christian religion and other religions do too. But I don't believe that anything this in my complex biological mechanism, every cell has a DNA component, doesn't it? Yes. Every, every, every part of our body is delicately made. I don't believe this happened by accident. Some, something or there was a law implanted that made these things happen. That is one reason I, I'm, 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 I'm a Christian. Because I am not satisfied with being told that everything happened by accident. Huge atomic explosions. This man said, that's how things came into being. Don't believe that's true. Sorry, don't believe it. You can believe things happened, as you say. But for my satisfaction, I look at the complex world we live in. Very complicated in terms of of animal and vegetable life. I can't believe it happened by accident. Action. I believe the mind of God, some kind of law was implanted to make these things happen. I don't know how it works, but that's my opinion. Now, I want to say something else. Another reason that I am a Christian. Okay. I'll give you this reason. Uh, many people in the world, in our present society, Christianity account, accounts, gives an explanation for the mess we're in, uh, Neil. Uh, that's pretty mildly, isn't it? Right, exactly. We are living in a horrible world, correct? See, in certain aspects, if you're looking at it in this perspective, yes, we are living in a horrible world. But were we living in a horrible world in the 50s? Yes, we were. Were we why, living in a horrible Can you give me an explanation why people are constantly trying to hurt other people? It's a fact. But people in the 50s were hurting people. Yes, they were. People in the I 20s want to know. I'm not talking about the time. The this is the way it is. They were hurting. For the past 100 million years, I want to know right. why this happens. Christianity so, provides an explanation. There's why there's a battle says, between Christianity, which is selfless, that you're supposed to give yourself to God and service and that, versus other. It's all... You believe that to, evil exists? Well, there's definitely evil in this world because power... How'd it get here? Envy, all of those things drive people on a regular basis. That's right. So struggle with that on a regular basis. You're right, Neil. I agree with you. This this is how things are. Right. People are envious. So, but I'd like to have a conversation with somebody that is not a Christian or a Jew or have any God, but is not an atheist, but just is really not a religious person. Why or doesn't believe? Not to believe to an atheist level, but why is it? Why is it that? the perspective of a Christian is taboo 
Some people just don't want to talk about God. Why? Well, because I think our present society, there has been a development, Neil, which um, denies what we've just been talking about. This problem in human nature is grossly obvious, correct? Right. People are, no, people are self-directed, correct? Right. They are thinking about themselves, right? Correct. And not thinking about themselves involves uh, attacking other people at times, correct? Yes. Sometimes it involves assaults. Sometimes it involves wars. Sometimes it involves divorces. It can involve anything you may want. Right. What, then the Christianity provides an explanation that how, why, how this situation came about. And it's in the full story in Genesis 2. Of course, people are going to laugh at me that I believe that story. That's okay. I think that particular story covers the reality of how things have gone absolutely and completely okay. wrong. So, so let me give you the point of view, and this is, let's let's say, with the Christian, how they are going to have to act based on the holy air now Christians. You're not, Andrew. You say, if you want to be gay, if you want to be uh, a bad person, it's not my j job to tell them wrong the judgment will handle that stuff i'm not going to go against homosexuals i'm not i mean i'm going to go against them but i'm not going to think of them wrongly i'm not going to think wrongly of people who don't believe in jesus but however uh th that is one point of view so for somebody to say well i cannot like this person because of the person's beliefs signals out a certain person how do you respond to that no, I don't, I don't have a problem with people that differ from me in their beliefs. I really don't. And I'm willing to discuss with anybody these issues. But to me, it is absolutely obvious that human nature is completely mixed up. It is clear. It is clear that something is, as it says in Genesis 2, when evil came into the world because of the pride of Adam of our first parents, in wanting to be as gods, et cetera. And this fall occurred. It was, it's called a fall, but it's really, God is saying in that narrative that he's trying to make us understand that something went wrong. Okay. So, and it is on, obvious, Neil, that something is grossly inadequate. So, so, so I'm going to give you the point of view. Something what? is grossly now. But what was it in the 60s? It has been. What is I'm not 40s? talking about the past 20 years. I'm talking about the entire Earth span ever since people have been here. They've been killing each other. They've been shooting each other. They've been beating each other with wars and assaults, etc. This is the way it is. It has always been this way. People constantly seeking to damage. And, and maybe it comes from the desire to outdo other people. That's a factor. But. This is the evil is a reality. Christianity accounts for it coming into the world. It accounts for human nature being defective. But I'm asking them to perhaps give some consideration to what I'm saying. All right, Andrew, That's take care. Right. Thanks. I have no issue. Bye. All right, guys, uh, you're listening to the Neil Haley Show. And we'll be